I just watched an hour of Pepper the Pig just to get me uh, just to get me more positive. Pepper the Pig. Pepper the Pig. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to the latest episode of Gascast. I'll be your host Kaz and joining me today is not one but two of our favourite ever guests Mike Willett and Nick Weeks. Welcome both. Hello. Hi Kaz, all right. So before we go straight into this a quick word on Kahuna flooring. Kahuna supply and fit all types of flooring for your home or workplace. Steve comes to you with a sample selection service and offers deals on supplied and fitted carpets, vinyls, LVT, such as Carndine and Amptico, engineered wood and more. Get in touch with Steve today on 07917 and mention GasCast to receive 10% off all orders. Now, quick transition from talking about engineered wood to talking about utter dead wood within Bristol Rovers Football Club. It's safe to say it's been a difficult few weeks for all of us gasheads out there, that impressive 4-1 win against Accrington was completely undone after a dull 0-0 versus AFC Wimbledon, thrown away a 2-0 lead at Charlton and losing 3-2, a 2-0 loss to an out-of-form Plymouth side and a narrow 1-0 defeat in a huge relegation six-pointer against Swindon Town at home. It's fair to say now we're in deep, deep trouble. So I feel a bit cruel doing this really, but we must stick to the structure of our episodes. From the latest Swindon game, which I can only describe as what felt like pulling teeth when watching it, I would like one pro and one con from each of you, please. Pros and cons and cons and pros and pros and cons and pros. Pros and cons. Now, I've given you a bit of warning with this, guys, uh, because I just thought it's too harsh to to make you think of a pro out of that game, you know, off the top of your head. So, uh... Willie, I'm going to come to you first. Please, could I have your pro from the Swindon game? Okay, um, you're right. It's uh, that was an incredibly harsh question. Uh, I so my my pro, my my positive take spin on that game is that as a result of it, we are now genuine underdogs for the remaining nine games, and we've never been in this position all season. We've always been generally outside of the relegation zone, but kind of always in that pressure spot in the league where everyone's chasing us. So now gives the team a bit of an opportunity to maybe, having kind of almost resigned themselves possibly to relegation, possibly play with a little bit more freedom. Uh, you know, really am trying my best here, but it, it, I know we've got some tough sides as well. That might just play into our favour a little bit. Um so we'll see. That's my positive. Um, my my con for the game. I mean, this is also hard because you're trying to find just one. Um, really, I, I I personally I thought the subs were were a mistake from Joey. I, I appreciate that Ed Upson was on the booking, and I do I, I appreciate that. And it did seem like he was a red card waiting to happen. There was a few times the referee had a word, or their players were rang the referee a few times. So I could I can kind of understand that, but I was surprised he did it at half time because that was probably one of Ed Upson's best performances this season. I thought he was, you know, just sitting in deep and just keeping possession, playing really well. So I was surprised he came off early, but also Daly. Um, I just couldn't understand why Daly came off. Um, I know that you know Brandon, we're all hoping he's going to you know pull one out of the bag, but I felt the most likely last night was was Daly, who was I thought energetic looking threatening and it, you know to take him off I just felt we we suddenly lacked that one energizer bunny at, at, at the top um so I, I would say that you got the subs wrong in the end and, and that would be my con for the game energizer bunny absolutely love that to describe James Daly uh, I struggle to disagree with any of that to be honest Mike um, I think that's spot on and well done for finding a pro out of that because my pro was that my cardboard cutout still going strong so you know, fair play to you guys. <laughs> um, Weeksy, coming to you then. Pros and cons of the Swindon game. Going second with a pro. This is difficult, but I, I had a think when you uh, gave us a heads up earlier on, and I never ever thought I was going to say this as a pro, but my pro was Josh Grant. Um, 
I think even a couple of podcasts ago that I was on uh, and on Twitter and amongst friends, I've been pretty vocal about Josh Grant on how disappointed I've been with him is probably an understatement. Um, but I thought actually he played really well and we looked a lot better with him in the side. And um, I think we've looked better with him in the side since Joey's come in. Uh, so, yeah, scratching around for a row, that was it for me. Uh, and cons, again, I'm going to go for an individual player, unfortunately. I'm going to dig people out. Um, <laughs> but for me, um, in the goal, just one of the mistakes for me was Westbrook. If I, I can't cope with a centre midfielder dangling a leg on the end of our, at the edge of our box, um, you know, for me, it's just not good enough. And he does it in all areas of the pitch. And it was just so disappointing. I was just screaming at the, you know, at the, um, at the screens. What, what on earth are you doing? And when I saw the replay, it was even worse. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't want to dig anyone out in, individually, really. But um, Westbrook, and, and like Mike said there, digging a con out of probably about 50 or 60 during the afternoon, I'll, I'll go with Westbrook. Oh, so uh, will it? Westbrook's number one fan over there. How do you feel about that? Sorry. Uh, well, um, as a as his representative, um, I, I I don't think I can comment any further <laughs> uh, after that. But no, he was yeah, he definitely let us down there. To be fair, that was a that was a shocking bit of defending. He's the last guy you want really charging anyone down at the end of the at the edge of the box. So uh, yeah, I'm no comment, no comment. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, really, because he obviously scored that goal, which was disallowed, which is actually my con, um, which, to be fair, after I heard your cons, I thought that you guys have pretty much covered the worst of it anyway. Um, so I'm going to go for how shocking that decision was from the officials. And I know it's not an excuse, um, but it could have changed the game. Who knows? Um, so this ties us on nicely to our next section where we are going to discuss this disallowed goal. Grant gets it to Westbrook. Westbrook hits Go on. it first. Go on. Yes! Get in there! And Westbrook has scored from outside the box. A low shot into the bottom left-hand corner. And what a massive goal that could be. Oh, the tease one. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we have tea. Good thing it's not over the cables, yeah, Alex. No, but, yeah. um, you know, fantastic I've drunk goal. most of that. <laughs> so, will it? I mean... I assume you've watched it back. Um, I personally cannot see what Hanlon, apparently it was Hanlon was interfering. I cannot see what he's done wrong there. Doesn't take a deflection. It looks a perfectly good goal to me. Do you think that Brett Pittman and the rest of the Swindon team have bullied the officials there into making a quick decision, which they gambled on? And do you think we would have gone on and kept those three points that we currently had if it was allowed? Well, I mean, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that is the most crucial moment in the game. No question about it. And I, I we've talked about character, and I'm sure we'll talk about that um, later. But we've shown after moments like that that we're not very good at kind of holding on to those leads. Or, um, you know, after a big moment in games, we do tend to lose our heads. And I thought that happened last night as well. They, you, know, you could tell there was a lot of huff and puff at, you know, after that moment. They're desperately trying to sort of quickly get the goal back that they just lost, and they just sort of lost all kind of rhythm, I think. Um, and yeah, it was a shocking decision and heartbreaking. It just and you you really felt like this is classic of our luck, really. And I, I think we deserve to be where we are, but you, we have had some shocking decisions, I think, go against us, particularly under Joey Barton. I would say I don't, I don't know I don't know what what he's done, but. Uh, well, <laughs> but he, he, he's clearly made a few enemies uh, in his time, but um, you know, yeah, it was it just just absolute gutted. And I think we all felt after that moment, we all knew what was coming um, down the track. And uh, so, well, as soon as that free kick uh, was given on the edge of the box, um, I know I think Rodman sounded pretty confident it wasn't going in, but he hasn't been here long enough. I think we all knew that was going to end up in the back of our net somehow. We'd find a way. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And and 
that actually ties us on to the next point I'm going to make, actually, because I want to talk about the last few games in general. I'm not going to go game by game because we've been here forever. There's been four games since our last pod. Um, so I'm going to go by a common themes that have been happening. And like you just said there, Mike, weak mentality that we've got, um, particularly after conceding, but it was sort of the same thing after that goal was disallowed, where we sort of dropped our heads. Um, so we, we looked like we were never going to get back into the game after Swindon scored, after going 1-0 down. And obviously this floor was glaringly obvious at Charlton when we completely collapsed after they got it back to 2-1. Yet more signs over the last few games of the lack of character in this squad. What do you think, Weeksy? Yeah, I have to agree with that. It's it's number one. It's the same mistakes, isn't it? Game after game, the last few weeks is you know it's giving away terrible goals. It's you know bad finishing at really crucial times, and then also to be fair, things aren't going for us either, are they? You know, uh, Charlton, for example, just thinking back um, to Ayunga's effort from when he, he's he's gone out wide and he's, he's lobbed the keeper. I mean, what an effort! But if you're at the top of the league, that goes in 100%. So things like that are going against us. But, you know, again, that Charlton game, as soon as they scored their first goal, you could see us retreat 10 yards back down the pitch. Um, and we were stopped taking risks with passes, with like really safe passes. Or, you know, rather than, you know, if it, one of our fullbacks has got the ball, rather than coming back inside and trying to build a pattern of play, we were just lumping it straight back to them. And then that just brings the pressure back onto our let's face it, really fragile defence anyway. It's the last thing they need. Um, I know our defence are getting absolutely battered at the minute, comments online and things, but I, as a defender myself, defenders union, yeah, there's nothing more frustrating than when, when you play a ball forwards and somebody doesn't hold it up front. And we all know what we're talking about here. And when <laughs> not it the bounces, baby giraffe, not the baby giraffe, surely <laughs> not. Yeah. When it comes back to you and you're under enough pressure as it is, it just makes it 10 times worse and it just doesn't help the guys at the back there. So, like I say, it needs someone to grip it. It needs someone to get a hold of it. Um, you know, I'm hoping Joey can do that. It's probably, you know, we are still early into his tenure and it's not his players yet, but um, let's hope they can, someone can grab hold of it in there for us. Yeah, so... Why do we think there's such a lack of character? Can it really all be put down to an experience when we've got the likes of Day, Williams, Baldwin, Leahy, Upson and Westbrook playing in all of these games? Mike, what do you think it is with this squad that provides such a lack of character? Um, you know, I'm going to sort of take a different view on it. I mean, there, there are many, many factors. I mean, what, there are... Yeah, one one is it might just be that they're not good enough, which is what a lot of people believe. And I I, I believe they're good enough to stay up. But I think there's a few factors I think to consider that not many people do. And I'm not saying it's right by any by any stretch, but I think when we went for the overhaul of the squad in the summer, to to let so many players go, to bring so many in, some with very little experience. It just sort of felt to me as though we were, you know, we we were gambling a lot in, at a time when you can't socialise with these players. So those groups of players are all new. They don't they haven't worked together before. They don't have that opportunity to get that real team spirit going. And it must be, it must be awful really to be playing at the moment with no fans. You know that even the training ground, as great news as that is, is kind of half finished. So apparently all the players are turning up in their kit already. And of course, they all go to the games in their individual cars and things. There's no real unity. And, and I think that sound that may sound like an excuse, but I think, it's a, I think it's a reason why maybe they just haven't quite clicked all season long. And I don't think it's quite that they don't care about the club. I just think all these factors play a part. You know, this is elite level football, apparently. So, you know, a lot of other teams who might have been together a little bit longer, they're going to be probably better equipped to deal with these circumstances. But we haven't had that luxury and this is where we are. Um, so, so yeah, that, I think that's a, that's a reason really. Yeah, no, fair enough. Fair enough. And obviously all of this has happened in coronavirus lockdown. So they've never had those chances, you know, how important team bonding is and going out and, you know, having good times together. They've not really had that either which I don't really think about. So, yeah, a very, very valid point from you there, Mike, actually. 
And actually, sorry, sorry, just just to add, your your podcast that you had with um, Mansell and Linesley and all that, Linesley actually made the point that when they used to lose, when they lost a game under Daryl Clark, they all used to just go out and get smashed on a weekend and just have a great time together. And it would they'd always respond much better the following game. And I thought that was, you know, and Lines even made the point, so how would we do it now? We would just have to have a session on Zoom or something. But I think that all these things that we don't see behind the scenes make a big, you know, play a big part. We just don't see it. We only see the games and we're just left disappointed and we're wondering how on earth is it like this? But I think I think it's a reason, but we'll see. Yeah, that's no, a great point. Um, so moving on to my next theme, because sadly there's more than one, missing big chances. So this is something else that's plagued us all season and has been damaging again over the last few games. We missed some big chances to take the lead versus AFC Wimbledon before having to cling on for a nil-nil at the very end. Missed a couple of sitters to make it 3-0 versus Charlton and probably put the game to bed. And last night, our younger had a golden opportunity to make it one all with five minutes to go, which he sadly mishit, and it was soft. So Tisdale got a, a lot of things wrong, um, but he wasn't wrong with the fact that we haven't got anything in the box. I mean, I thought our younger proved him wrong, and uh, Widrington made that smarmy comment in his post-match to say that we have got goal scorers. But was he wrong, Weeksy? Uh tough in it because you don't want to, you don't want to batter them so again we're looking at young lads aren't we mm. and we I think what we're missing I think what we all wanted in January was what I would have gone for would have been a maybe someone in his late 20s um early 30s just that experienced campaign just to bring the boys along and just you know when things aren't quite going their way when they miss a chance just a you know a, a nice little comment or arm around the shoulder to say you know next one will come um I think that's what we're lacking massively. Um, daily, earlier on in the season, at decent, didn't he? He's nipping in and you know chasing lost causes, and a lot of his few goals came from that. Jonah, um, you know, coming from non-league football is tough anyway. I still think he's worth investing in. By the way, I, I definitely think he's got some about him. Uh, but a hamstring injury halfway through the season. Anybody who's had a hamstring injury, they're tough to come back from. They take ages and they knock your confidence. Um, and then Brandon, he was flogged earlier on in the season. I just think he's burnt out at the minute. Um, I don't think his touch has ever been good enough, to be honest with you. But, you know, he's not making, you know, those runs, steaming through players anymore or anything like that. So between those three, you know, it just, it hasn't, it just hasn't clicked. And I think we just needed that experience campaign that could have come in in uh, January. I think. All our eggs went in one basket with uh, Jaden Stockley, didn't they? I don't think he was ever really going to come. And uh, someone like him would have been perfect. I don't think it would have been in a situation with one. Yeah, I think that is probably the biggest mistake of the season from Tisdale's point of view, is not signing that striker in January, which we so clearly needed. Uh, Mike, so what what do we do from here? I mean, do we have a final roll of the dice and try and get more goals from this side? Would you try and give someone like Zane Walker a chance or would you just persist with the, the, the strikers that we do have? Um, you know, it's, it is really tricky. I mean, I, I still feel that we need to somehow stick with what we've got. I think there might be a place for Zane Walker. I, I quite like the look of him actually whenever he's sort of had a few cameo appearances, but you know, with the pressure on and everything, it, it might not be the right time, but you know, we haven't exactly done it all season long. So you know, maybe this is the time to be a hero and bring a kid through and hope for the best. And yeah, it's, it's really difficult, but I, I completely agree with Weeksy on like Hanlon just, completely flogged really I mean we've seen it we're actually seeing it in front of our eyes he's getting he gets battered every game and yeah he's you know he's always looked dangerous you, you ever listen to the away commentary it's always well he's a handful but he's always doing it 40 yards from goal and he's never really in those positions um to, to look threatening but I think there's a player there oh I don't know it's just gotta just gotta keep the just they just gotta somehow find the belief to get through it, I think, um, and pick up the necessary points. But it's, it's going to be tough. Yeah, 
It'd be the weirdest thing ever if someone like Zane Walker or Pablo Martinez scored the winner to keep us up after this season, wouldn't it? Um, so, yeah, talking about Helen then and, and him clearly struggling um, because I thought he was quite handful when he came to us at first. And you are right, he has, he has been played to death, the poor guy. Um, and I've made a few jokes about how he goes down too easy. I call him baby giraffe and I say he's got a touch of a trampoline. And But is it fair on him? Like, why is Joey Barton persisting with playing him weeks? Do you think it's sort of just a desperation or do you think it's belief that he can do it? It's, a, I, it's just lack of options, isn't it? Like Joey said, he hasn't had a window. Um, and, you know, Brandon's got the most uh, experience, league experience anyway out of the three that we've discussed. Um, like I said, Daly hasn't looked the same since he's come back. And, you know, it's, it's, it's tough on Jonah, although he's getting time now. Um, yeah, I just think his lack of options. And, you know, let's get it right. We're still in the mix. We're not 10 points from safety and we give up type thing. So, like Joey said, what is there in his body? They're going to they're gonna, they're gonna try and stay up whether they will or not it's another thing but yeah I just think it's lack of options with Brandon there's who else can you put in realistically probably not fair on Zane Walker I think if we were down and out and maybe six nine ten points from safety then you could say look nothing to lose but you can't put the hopes of a club like Rovers on Zane Walker's but you could ruin him and, and he's one for the future yeah no I agree with that um so Mike Thinking about the last few games we discussed there and the season as a whole, I just want to quickly chat about your poll that you posted on Twitter. Which area of the team... So, hang on, for anyone who hasn't seen Mike's poll, uh, he basically said, who do we blame this season? Is it attack or is it defence? What do you... I mean, what were the results of that poll? But what do you think yourself, Mike? I mean, it's a great question. Who do we blame here? And Weeksy touched on it a little bit earlier as a defender himself. Like, what, what would you say? Well, I'm almost uh, slightly nervous to say this with a defender on the chat, but um, the the results of the poll were, were uh, so 317 people voted um, and 71% said defending was the biggest issue um, this season. But the comments were were very um, emotive. So, that, you know, I think people were saying, well, look, you know, it is kind of both of them, really. Um, if I had to choose, it'd probably be defending because I think when you look, and that's generally my opinion as well, but I mean, you can't, you can't say we, we, you can't say we're a threatening team going forward, but you just feel like we're always going to concede, like somehow we'll find a way to concede. And the amount of goals we've conceded from set pieces as well, I mean, that's really only on the defence to, to, to make that right. And early in the season, that's all we were conceding from was, was set pieces. So my my view is, you know, I think our defending has, has really let us down. Um, not having Jacola as well, maybe he would have marshaled that defence a little better. We've had like three goalkeepers all season, so we keep chopping and changing. And, you know, again, it's 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 tricky, but it's all part of it. Um, so I think I think it, I think defending has let us down slightly more than our attacking, if you can believe that. Um, but that's that's kind of where we are, I think. Yeah, I mean, we can thank Ben Garner for this entire setup, really, can't we? <laughs> Including the only three strikers available uh, that we mentioned earlier. So another thing I wanted to discuss, um, again, I'm not making excuses um, because I do think we are a bad side, but I do wonder if without the injuries that we currently have, if we are in the bottom four worst sides in this division. So Weeksy, the loss of Rodman and Nicholson are huge. I thought they were such a great asset to us these last few games before they were out. How different do you think the last two results against Plymouth and Swindon would have been with those two in the side? Oh, that's a good question. Um, start with Rodman. Rodman's been impressive since Joey's come in. Um, another one that I haven't been impressed with since he's, he's come to us, to be honest with you. In, in flashes, he's, he's done bits. Um, but, you know, the last few games with Joey in charge, I think he's brilliant. Um, Rodders to be fair to him um, and his commentary was pretty good last night I thought as well he was like a fan wasn't he rather than you know cheering everyone <laughs> on but uh, you can tell he cares um, I think he would have helped with his experience because that's the one bloke that does have a lot of experience and 
you know, the little comments he was making last night, and you know, and, you know, kind of putting his ideas across on how we should have been doing things throughout the game, in-game management, if you like, I think he could have helped with. Um, and Nicholson is just our flair player. He's like someone who can, can do a bit. Um, you can make something of nothing, um, which we were severely lacking. I mean, my my best friend is a Swindon fan, so I just had to cope with that last night with messages coming back and forth. But he, it was interesting to see his point of view. He, he was amazed that they won. Um, he thought we looked pretty strong, um, but just didn't have anything you know, to unlock their defence or make them work hard for it. It was all very predictable, which I think was pretty accurate, really, and pretty fair from him. Um, yeah, so I think Nicholson would have helped unlock that. And, and Plymouth was just, on, I don't think anything would have helped that game, to be honest with you. Uh, but certainly, the, I think Nich- put Nicholson, one of the two in that Swindon game, I think it would have been a better result. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Mike, what do you think about having Nicholson and Rodman as not options? Yeah, I mean, you know, they're, they're two key players. I mean, like Weeksy said, I mean, Rodman's been superb under Barton, to be honest. I think it, the problem, because I, I, I quite enjoy watching the style of football under Barton, I must admit, it's been quite, I really like the high press and the high intensity, but with the amount of games we've had and the amount of injuries we appear to be getting, it feels almost like, Maybe maybe that's too intense for a squad that's just like creaking all the time. Um, and it's interesting with Nicholson that it's odd that he has an injury with his hip that needs an operation, but we're still considering he might be able to play. <laughs> I don't, don't understand how you can have a hip injury that needs an operation, but you still might be able to play League One football and, <laughs> and keep an entire football club in the division. I think we're asking a lot of him, really. Um but yeah, certainly those two massive losses for us. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, so moving on then to the main man himself, uh, currently in charge, Mr. Joey Barton. So a few fans on socials are starting to point the finger of blame at Barton now, especially after losing another six-pointer under him tonight. Um, he's lost seven of his games in charge. He's won two. I think we all accept that the squad has some big flaws, but is it fair to say, Weeksy, that Barton has failed so far? Um, see, I, I like Joey. I'm, I'm a big fan of Joey Barton. Um, I don't like the way he's coming. I like, I think most people would agree they like his, uh, I mean, we joke around, don't we? Every time he has an interview afterwards, I suddenly feel better. Uh, <laughs> but it, at the end of the day, you can't argue, can you? I mean, the results have been really poor. Um, and trying to and, and thinking about it last night, on, and then starting to see the criticism creep in a little bit, and, and whether that's fair or not, it it it's difficult. The, the only criticism I would have of him is that we if we don't seem to have a formation that he sticks to, or a definite. I know Mike was saying now a style of play, and I know we're always going to be more out of always going to be a bit more energetic with a manager like Joey Barton. But shape-wise um, and style-wise, I don't think he's nailed anything down yet. And I, I, whether that's his fault or not, just because, again, it's personnel that he can't do nothing about and it's, it's forcing his hand. Um, and his pre-match press conferences, especially the last two games, I mean, you know, he's had a, <laughs> he's speaking the truth and he's not worried about who he's upsetting. Um, Aimer being one and a couple of others. But I think he, he knows what needs doing, but he just can't do it yet. And that needs a window, unfortunately. And I think he's just trying to, desperately trying to find something that clicks so that he can stick with. Um, but, it, you know, I am a Joey Barton fan, but I do understand that points per game, I think I saw a stat on Twitter, someone put on Twitter that it's worse than Tisdale and Garner, points per game ratio. It's not great, is it? And so it needs to improve. And the next six coming up aren't easy at all. So, uh, Fingers crossed it gets better for him, but he needs to improve, definitely. Yeah, I'm about to hit you up with some uh, more stats that are a little bit worrying. (laughs) Um, I mean, the majority of the fan base does still seem to be overwhelmingly on his side. I mean, I am, you are, Weeksy. I mean, we are are still keeping the faith with Joe Barton. But given the standard of the opposition we've played in his first 10 games, with five of those matches having been against sides in the bottom eight... 
will it <laughs> is seven points from a possible 30 i'm wincing at that <laughs> seven points from a possible 30 is that really acceptable what are your thoughts um well i, I am sort of 50 50 on it um and i was someone who wasn't really that keen on him coming in but mainly based on his sort of football managerial record elsewhere i always felt like it was somewhat underwhelming but I appreciated that he is a guy that might get them fired up and might just do enough to get them over the line. And I have been impressed. I, I, as I say, I'm, as soon as he was appointed, I'm like, right, I'm, I'm right behind you. Um, and But I do think he's kind of come in and he, he talks a lot about this mountain, this Everest, we got to climb. But I don't think it was Everest when he got here. I think it was, I think we were outside the relegation zone. You look at the fixtures, we've got lots of teams in and around us. They're all key matches and to lose pretty much all of them. Um, and well, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a definite failure really. Um, and I don't really like his kind of, he seems to be like singling out players individually now. And I, I, I think it's a risk with, we're so close. I mean, if we were if we were ten points adrift, as we said earlier, I'd be a bit more. I could completely understand it. But he, he came in and was was like, well, "We've got this, you know, great foundations and you know, positive future and all that." Uh, we got a we got to cut the cancer out of the club. I think I already he said mm-hmm. earlier. I thought, you know, that's a bit that's a bit extreme. I apologize if that's not what he said. I, I'm pretty sure there's a quote. Uh, yeah, I think that is what he said. And I thought, what, what's he talking about? You know, we're so close here. We we can we can rally and still still do this. And I, I will say, if he can keep us up, I mean, he would have done from here. He would have done an excellent job to turn it around. Um, and and you know, I'm sure we'll come on to it. But I'm still I'm still behind him. And it, it, you know, if the worst happened and we we go down, I don't think necessarily that we should be making changes. We've just got a we got to kind of back him and, and give him a win, you know, give him the summer maybe and, and change this thing around probably because I'm also not a fan of the club, just sacking managers after a bad run. So he may not make the season. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like it's, just, I'm going to ask you a simple yes or no here, guys. Um, Mike, so is that you would keep him even if we go down? Did you say? Yes, I think I think my caveat to that is if we go down um, like this, if we go down without a, without a whimper and we we completely surrender to it, I I might change my mind and I might think he has to go. But I think if we really do show some real fight here and, and keep it close and keep us in it, and I can see some sort of positive um, future with him, then then I'll I'll say you should you should go. But it's kind of one of those end of season reviews that you need to have. Mm-hmm with him but um i'm sort of 50 50 at the moment yeah for sure weeksy what about you if we go down do we keep him yes <laughs> yes, yes I'm, I'm with him i am with him <laughs> and, and the reasons why though not just because i'm a fanboy i think i am now i wasn't at the start but i am now um is if we do and i th- I'll put on the record i think we will go down unfortunately is that he can see what's wrong what he well, what he believes is wrong anyway i mean we get to the end of the season and then get rid of him. And there's another manager coming in who's not seen them play. He's not seen, you know, what the problems are. We need someone to have a, you know, he's had all these games. You can see what he needs to replace. And, you know, it would have been discussed just when he came in in the position we were in. There was a chance of us going down. Um, I think we'll be, in a, if we did go down, we'll be in a strong position in League Two anyway, just because, you know, we're lucky that we've got Wales that, Got rid of all our debts. There's going to be a lot of clubs struggling in League Two next season. Let's be realistic. So I think we'd actually be in quite a strong position. I know that's looking way, way, way ahead, but we should keep him 100% for me. Yeah, 100% we're going to go up next season under Barton. I yeah. love that. Don't worry about it, guys. We'll be back in a couple <laughs> of years. Um, can we all just touch wood, though, that we won't go down? I've got wood next to me. Mike, I can see you've got a door behind you. <laughs> touch your head, yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully, obviously, it doesn't happen. It's easy to get carried away um, after last night's result, but only two points from safety so far with nine games to go. So try not to panic, everyone. Um, so still on Barton, then. Um, this is quite a big section because, uh, yeah, he's quite a big influence at the moment. 
Uh, we have spoke about it slightly. Um, off the pitch, we've seen a bit of the, a change in Barton's attitude and demeanour in his press conferences. Starting with the way that he publicly shamed Aimer, which we have spoke about. Weeksy, what did you make of that move when you first read it? I think like Mike said, Mike touched on it, you've got to be careful and you've got to probably analyse what's around that player as well. If he's close with five or six other players, you've lost five or six other players. So we'll get it right in the workplace. If a manager falls out with somebody and you get everybody on your side, don't you? Um, I think he kind of knew Aimer anyway, um, by the sounds of it, um, and maybe didn't get on. Um, but at the same point, it's nothing that we haven't all been saying on Twitter, all the fans. We've yeah. all been saying Aimer's not been good enough. His body language isn't good enough. You know, there's one interview he did as captain. He just it looked like he didn't care. So there's something going on there. And I think you need to almost have like a, a sacrificial lamb and say, look, guys, if, if you're not going to perform or even worse, put effort in, because everyone makes mistakes. They're not going to be League One footballers if they don't make mistakes. Um, but the lack of effort, I think sometimes people need to be called out. But you have to be very, very careful. You can't start. On, every, on, on other players as well. You know, once you've made an example of somebody, if that works, then leave it there and, and you know, don't discuss it again. Clearly a problem, Aimer won squad, so uh, they've had words. Um, but yeah, I think, I think he was probably right, actually. Yeah, it's difficult for us as fans. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes and Aimer could genuinely look like he's not caring not not putting the effort in and if he is doing that then all he's doing is stealing a wage from us <laughs> so yeah it's hard, it's hard for us to say you know if, if it's right or wrong when we don't truly know what's going on behind the scenes um mike joey's press conferences are a lot of blaming officials and players for not being up to it do you think he's starting to sound like a man who's accepted relegation now yeah, I mean, what was the last one? What was the one last night? You talked about Trevor Kettle being out of shape. And you said, <laughs> and he booked me for it. And I thought, well, yeah. yeah <laughs> he got away with a booking, mate. Um, but no, I, I, um, I think that, that's, that's another kind of disappointing thing, I, I think, for me, is that he does sort of sound like he's, he's mentioning quite a lot if we go down. You know, I know he's talking about the future, but it, it, it's a little bit like, well, it's not over yet, Joey. It just kind of sounds like he thinks it is. Um, but, you know, I, I appreciate, like you said, Kaz, it, it's it's tricky because we don't see the day-to-day. And he's obviously come in and thought, what is going on here? He, clearly, there's a few players there, um, maybe even staff as well. You know, there's, remember, he's come in and there's there's staff that's there. Maybe, just, maybe there's not that kind of click that he wants and... You know he's he's looking at it and it, he probably wants to make changes sooner than he can, um, but yeah, I'm I'm a little bit little bit deflated. And I, I, like like everyone, I loved his kind of initial you know burst of energy. I, I remember seeing, uh, I think one of his conferences, he said something like, "I was I was um I was I went for a jog and I was running over the uh, suspension bridge and I looked out across the city and thought this is ours to take over." And I was like. I'm ready to go to war for this guy, um, but you know, I just, I just hope that he retain, he keeps that belief and and that that sort of desire to do well for us, because because you know, if he can if he can translate that to the pitch and to the players, then we are in good hands and we've got nothing to worry about. But I just, it'd be fantastic if he, if he could turn it around now, because you know, you want someone like that to talk about your club in those terms. It would be fantastic, but. It's got a long way to go, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, talking of turning it around, we have a very difficult run of fixtures coming up. The next three being Sunderland, Ipswich, and then Doncaster. Gulp. <laughs> Great. Please, guys, is there any glimmer of hope that we can save ourselves here? Is there anything? that you could see from this side, which gives us a fighting chance of staying up. Weeksy, coming to you first. Please give us something. Well, well, when I saw the next three, I automatically looked at the next six. (laughs) 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 I I didn't like the first three. So I wanted to look at the next one. (laughs) That's it then. I think that's how we should look at it. However, I've written the next six down here. 
And I think we can get eight points. So I'm going for a point against Sunderland. We don't get anything at Ipswich. Don't even bother. Doncaster, a point at best. And I'm then we've got Northampton, Lincoln and MK Dons. I'm, we're beating Northampton and MK Dons. So that gives you your eight points. But that's at best, I think. And we're still going to need a couple more after that, I think. Look, there always, there's always a chance. And we, against the bottom side, we've been dreadful, haven't we? we we've all watched it. It's been, we haven't been able to break them down. And then, you know, in the middle of that, you, you chuck in beating Pompey 3-1. Um, so it'd be... Um, my family, I think a few of you know, my family split down the middle. I've got red and blue. And they've just said, we can see you getting results. You can see you turning Lee Johnson over on Saturday. I mean, I hope to God we can stunt his promotion push. How good would that be? Um, but eight points on the next six, and we'll see where that puts us. There's always hope. It's only two points away. Mm. Only two points. And we've got to hope that there's four teams worse than us, basically. <laughs> Um, so Mike, we did a pod with Mets not so long ago and he asked us, um, if, if we think we're going to stay up with the return of Nicholson and Ozzy and then Ozzy sort of dropped off the face of the earth for a bit, but we did say with Ozzy and Nicholson back, we think that we will stay up. I mean, we've spoke about Nicholson already, so let's just talk about the return of Ozzy. We also got the return of Tutonda and now Grant, who looks like a totally different player. Are these three... You know, do you think these two coming back will help us? And do you think that we have a chance of staying up? I think, um, you know, Oztumor is one of those mysteries, really, in football. Where I think, I think even when we played Plymouth, the commentators were saying, "Oh, yeah, he destroyed us a few seasons ago," and it's surprising he never kicked on in his career. And he's kind of ended up with us, and we have seen moments from him where you think, "Wow, what a player!" But you worry that. He just doesn't, he isn't quite set up for this sort of style or this kind of, it's a relegation battle. And you wonder, you know, has he, has he quite got, you know, got enough in the tank for us? Um, but I'm glad he's back. He's going to have to play a big role, I think. If, he, if he's fit, I think he's got to be playing because, you know, we need to be, we, well, we, we just need, and he is experienced. He is, what, 29, possibly, something like that. So he, he's played a lot of games. We don't have many players like that. Um, yeah, so he'd definitely be in there for me. Um, it's good to see Tatonda back, um, but I don't quite know where he'd play. Um, you know, he, he does seem predominantly left-sided. You know, whether they, they go for a gamble and think, right, well, maybe stick him you know, up front or something, off the front three or something, maybe you could just push up the pitch. Um, it's going to be... It's just going to be tricky, but all those players that are coming back, even um, Barrett, is it Josh Barrett? Um, mm-hmm. He's he played in the, um, the uh, development game today. Now, I know it's a long shot, but apparently Joey Barton's a, a big fan, so it might be that we see him before the end of the season. All these players that are on the fringes are going to get their chance, I think, and it's, it is time to shine right now. Um, <laughs> otherwise, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. We, we need heroes now and uh, it's up to them completely whether they step up or not. And like what Weeksy said earlier, I wouldn't be surprised if we pull off a shock result against Sunderland on the weekend because it was actually when we dropped down to relegation zone. It was after the Wigan game, wasn't it? And then we saw an immediate response uh, in the Shrewsbury game straight after. Um, and for me, bar the Accrington win... That is probably a performance of the season for me. It was it was a response. And I do wonder if dropping into the relegation zone gives these players that kick up the ass, makes them realise that it's actually more serious than they thought, and they and they are then, you know, stepping it up to get to get out of this mess. I don't know. Hopefully. I, I mean, I've kind of convinced myself that that's the case now. I've been dwelling on it all day and all of last night. And I've convinced myself that we're gonna beat Sunderland. So uh <laughs> I'm looking forward to being disappointed on Saturday. Um, so moving on to our last section then, I did chuck out a tweet earlier just to get some questions on social media. We've had plenty of questions come through. Um, thank you everyone who submitted a question. Many of them were about ripping up the squad and Tommy Woodington's future at the club, but we decided we're going to save those questions for a later pod um, when it 
is more relevant because who knows what's going to happen in these next nine games and that just makes more sense to discuss it then <laughs> otherwise we'll have nothing to talk about um so i've picked out a few of the best ones uh week c i'm going to come to you first with this one okay. this one's from ryan mignano he says who if anyone is our most improved player under joey barton good question uh i think i touched on it earlier i'll go with josh man I'll, I'll stay on that i think um i think he's changed the most i think he got a bit more about him He's definitely buzzing about a little bit more, breaking up play really well. Um, he just looks a lot more solid. Um, looks like, you know, he plays in Joey Barton's position. So if Joey's going to improve anyone, you'd think it's somebody that played in his position in midfield, which is so important in a team. You need somebody in there to make us tick. You need someone to go and get the ball back for us and then we just start moves off, which I'm happy to, um, you know, take back my words about him earlier in the season. Can't knock what he's done under Joey. Um, but yeah, Josh Grant for me. But more of them need to do that. If they could take a note from Josh Grant, just a couple more of these lads and then there'll be a few results. <laughs> yeah, and I, I love that. I love when people can admit that they have changed their mind. It's a big problem amongst this fan base. So someone yeah. says something earlier on in the season and then they feel like they have to stick to it and they get stubborn and they, they, they don't change their mind on it. It's like, I thought we, we were going to finish 10th this year. I am happily say I was totally wrong. It's okay to be wrong. Football changes all the time. It's not a problem. So yeah, I'm the same with Josh Grant. I was I'm not a fan of him at all. And lately he's a completely different player. And I, th- I think he's should be starting every single week. So yeah, I think that's a very fair point. Um, Willett, coming to you next. Uh, Andrew Davies says, what would be the definition of success over, say, the next five years? Is championship just unrealistic given the current state of the team and infrastructure, i.e. is best aspiration League One mid-table? What do you think? Um, Well, I think the, I think obviously the training ground is obviously a big step forward in terms of the infrastructure side of things, um, you know, that's you know, two impressive pitches. You can't knock that. It's clearly not finished, as I mentioned earlier. So when that is up and running and they've had a proper pre-season in those kind of conditions, that will definitely help. Um, and also, um, you know, it, well, in terms of like what would success be in five years? Um, I think success would be a League One team that is, consistently pushing for the playoffs or constantly like you know one of those sides that's up there challenging and considered as one of the big sides in league one i think that would be without a big state without a new stadium i think that's sort of our ceiling a little bit we could definitely make the championship and if we could get there that would be an incredible achievement but i think the gap appears to be growing each year um and i just wonder you know without the real infrastructure like the um like the stadium um i think we would struggle to meet that and and actually belong there so i would say top end league one side would be a a success i guess i'm going to make a meme out of you when we're playing sunday league i'm going to keep <laughs> going to keep going to keep bringing this up <laughs> on socials <laughs> um so next question then from brett james Looking at some, oh, sorry, looking at where some of our wins have come from this season, we've kind of already spoken about this, but let's just touch on it again because it's a very good point. Lincoln away, Pompey home, Aki home, Blackpool home, and a very informed at the time, Shrewsbury home. Should we be slightly more optimistic that we can put a run together despite difficult looking fixtures? I mean, we have already sort of said this, but yeah. week C... I can't get enough of your positivity. I know you said no to Ipswich, but do you think that, like I said earlier, do you think that they will show up now that they've realised the position they're in? And do you think we genuinely play better against higher teams in this league? Yeah, I think, I don't think we've got a choice to hope that it's going to get better. Um, And like you said, I try and stay positive, but I watch Rovers for fun. I want, you know, I don't want, it's bad enough at work, Monday to Friday, let's just, you know, on the weekend, I don't want to worry too much. But 
talking about the the harder games, we 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 questioned the guy's character, haven't we? And you know, when you're playing your, your Swindons and Wiggins at home, and there's a bit more expectation on you, I think they get a little bit more uptight. So if you if you're looking at it from a very positive point of view, which I'm trying to, is that you know we're not no one's expecting us to get anything from Sunderland, Switch and Doncaster, and I think the pressure might be off a little bit. So I think there is a reason to be a little bit more positive and hopeful. And you know I'll just say to everyone, just be hopeful and you know see if we can you know get grab a couple of results. You never know. You know these other sides we're playing against. It's just eleven other blokes are also in League One. There's nothing to be frightened of, and the players, you know, they can't really say they've got nothing to lose. They have got something to lose, but the expectation isn't on them for these games. So, like my message to them, I and if I was giving the team talk, would be just to go out there, just do what you can, express yourself, and just, just almost try and release the pressure off them if you can, because it's only going to build. You can imagine social media, and if we lose. Sunderland and Ipswich, two more games in a row, it's just going to be a meltdown and the pressure's going to build up again. The players read it, we all know they do. Um, so, yeah, I think we have a reason to be positive, and my reason is because the pressure should be off because of less expectation. Yeah, I think you're right. I think watching that game last night against Swindon, that was clearly two teams under a lot of pressure, and that first half yeah. <laughs> was abysmal from both sides, wasn't it? And I remember the Peterborough away game. I thought we were brilliant, especially at the back. We were solid, and we kept JCH quiet. Um, and Hull as well. Before Lee, he made that stupid mistake. I thought that we were giving them a good game too. So I think it's a very valid point about pressure and the way that we play and turn up against the, the bigger sides because, yeah, we've got nothing to lose as such, like you said. Um, so that's <laughs> question then. I like this one. This one's from Simon F. Knacker. This is for you, Mike Willett. Is it time for Barton to lace up the boots and get on the pitch until the end of the season? <laughs> If you had the choice, Mike, would you play Joey Barton? I mean, 100%. I mean, I, I, thought, I, thought, we, I thought that's what we were signing. I thought we were signing Joey Barton, the player. Um, yeah, no, I mean, if, if he's if he's fit enough, I, it, it, funny if it did actually cross my mind before playing, it's getting to the stage where we might actually have to call on the gaffer to, um, you know, to, lead, the, to lead the team out. But, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, sadly not really, but there we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that would be really tragic, wouldn't it, if we had to play Joey Barton in, in the midfield? But um, there was also another another question I just wanted to throw out there: is someone asked us if we're looking forward to Torquay away next season? I am personally. Anyone else? Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah, get me that. Yeah, don't get too excited because we're going to stay up. <laughs> we're not going to get there. <laughs> right. That is pretty much all we have time for. So thank you for listening, Gasheads, and congratulations if you made it this far. We appreciate times are tough in the footballing world and the normal world, but better, sunnier days are just around the corner. As for the gas, keep the faith. A big nine games to go, you never know. Thank you to Nick and Mike for joining me, and please remember to like and subscribe to Gascast Podcast across all social media platforms. Up the gas. Okay. Okay.